0: Hello, everyone. Hey, I want to uh, just tell you, I want to welcome all of you watching this right now, first of all, and then I uh, just want to tell you you're about ready to be super blessed. And I have a special guest with me. I have a hard time believing that in this life that God would choose somebody like me to be able to have a conversation like the one I'm about ready to have uh, right now. And uh, joining me Uh, from Los Angeles, California, is Dr. Hillel Newman. He is the uh, consulate general, uh, Israeli consulate general, Dr. Newman. Thank you so much. There's a long, long introduction I could have for you. People can find all of those online. And uh, um, this really is a blessing to me. Thank you so much. I know you have a lot to say, uh, but thank you.
1: Pastor Tom Hughes, it's uh, it's my honor and pleasure to be on your program. And I feel blessed by Almighty to have a friend like you. Thank well, you. That is, that is You don't know
0: how much that means to me to hear you say that. Uh, I, I want to get right into it. Your time is very valuable, so I don't want to waste any time. But we obviously have been watching the conflict that has taken place over in Israel, being between Hamas and uh, Israel. And then I would even say... The media, the Western media, is where I look at it as being the real conflict. We'll get to that in, in a minute. Um, but first of all, as we see things, they've winded down. Um, how would you... Give us an update on the military right now. The uh, How uh, is the IDF did regarding Hamas and where the military of Israel is right now. Maybe even the attitude that... Uh, the soldiers might have, and their families might have, their morale, how was that?
1: Thank you for the question. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone knows that Israel was attacked on several fronts um, by an attack which was premeditated and planned by the Hamas a terrorist organization which is encamped in the Gaza Strip, uh, along with other radical Palestinian Jihad organizations. And this attack was across many fronts. It was rockets. Uh, More than 4,000 rockets were launched against uh, the civilians of Israel. More than 5 million civilian citizens of Israel were under threat, and they had 15 seconds to reach a bomb shelter. Um, besides that, they also instigated uh, riots on the Temple Mount, desecrating the holiness of the Temple Mount, and also uh, terrorist attacks on the streets of, of, of Israel. Uh, As you said, things have now calmed down. Israel acted in self-defense and hit at the terrorists and at the factories that produced and developed the rockets uh, within the Gaza Strip. Uh, The morale in Israel is very high. Uh, There's a wide consensus of support and unity in Israel. Even the opposition parties to Netanyahu were fully on board. Uh, You know, Netanyahu is the prime minister and Gantz is his minister of defense. And Gantz is an opposition party. He wants to uh, topple Prime Minister Netanyahu, but they sat together and um, they planned the strategy together uh, in full unity. In summary, I would say that the achievements are that we have uh, decreased the capabilities of the Hamas. Uh, We have um, more or less taken out most of their stocks of rockets. Uh, We destroyed more than 1500 kilometers of underground tunnels, which they had built. And, you know, everyone says we should allow humanitarian aid into Gaza, which we do. But then they use that humanitarian aid for building underground tunnels and producing rockets instead of building lives for the Palestinian people. So that's the type of enemy that we have. And then we have to go in and, uh, and try to take out their underground tunnels and factories for self-production of rockets and their smuggling of rockets through underground tunnels. So that has all been done. And I can say that the morale in Israel is very high. We feel that perhaps now we'll have a few years of quiet. Well,
0: I certainly do hope so. Um, I know I read uh, just the other day that uh, Qatar is going to give $500 million to Gaza. And the United States, I think, is $2 billion. And in my mind, this is un- unfathomable because... I know where the money's gone to in the past and thinking, well, where's this money going to go to in the future? Plus, the way I look at it, it puts Israel in a much more precarious position, because now these other countries saying we're going to give you all this money, it seems to me as another vehicle that's going to be used by the Western world to blame Israel. We have to give all this money to Gaza because look what Israel did. I'm very concerned about that, as I'm sure you are too. Um
1: Well, billions of dollars of aid have been channeled into the Palestinian Authority and disappeared. Instead of them building a viable economic entity, building the lives for the good of the benefit of the people in Gaza, in the West Bank, this money has just been lost, gone into private coffers, a lot of corruption in the Palestinian Authority. And and of course, the Hamas is even worse because they use the money uh, definitively for arming themselves and then launching rockets and attacking Israel. Uh, what we have tried to do this time with the United States is to try to, to try and coordinate the um, rehabilitation of Gaza in a way that the money will not go through the Hamas, it will not enforce the Hamas, but go through the more moderate factions in the Palestinian Authority that are more in in favor of coexistence with Israel. Uh, that is part of our ongoing talks with the United States to make sure that the aid is not abused. Yeah, absolutely,
0: definitely needed. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, on the, an update on the elections, because the way I see it, what's going to happen if uh, Netanyahu's unable to retain his position? Um, where do you see this going? Or, or what if he does? You know, where, where do
1: you see things right now? Well, you know, we've been through four election campaigns in Israel. And what people, I think, don't really understand is that it's not about uh, big issues like security. Uh, the elections were not around the um security and foreign affairs issues there's actually a wide consensus in israel about security about iran about normalization of relations our ambition for peace there's no dispute around that really Uh, the big dispute is about the leadership of netanyahu where you know many in the nation believe that netanyahu is the greatest uh, leader that israel has ever had and that he should continue and some say look he's been prime minister for a decade and a half and we should move on and they challenge his leadership now we're in front of a junction where um, after the fourth election campaign no one had a clear 61 majority out of the 120 in the parliament and it's all depending on the arab party and uh, you know different uh, small parties that have to link up uh, there are two options one is that there will be a, a coalition against netanyahu under the leadership of lapid and bennett which is interesting because bennett comes from the right and lapid represents the center-left And the other option is that if they don't succeed to make a coalition, then Netanyahu might still have the chance of making a coalition. He has 59 that support him. He just needs two to cross the lines. Uh, If um, an opposition government will be set up under the leadership of Lapid and Bennett, uh, then we will see after, you know, uh, a decade and a half, more or less, of the leadership of Netanyahu, we will see a new leadership in Israel. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts because it will be a mix of left with right and center. Um, it'll be a, a mixed government. Um, might be difficult for them to proceed on on crucial issues, which are domestic policy in Israel. Uh, but they might. It might happen. It might happen. Yeah, uh,
0: certainly are interesting times. Uh, I, I'm thinking. Just a few minutes earlier, you had mentioned how, because of everything that's happened, there is this. Uh, uniting that's taking place in Israel among the people, even Gantz and, and Netanyahu together. Um, but I wish this uniting would take place in the United States, and uh, <laughs> that's concerning with with d- directions all all the way around because things that are decided here in America do affect the nation of Israel. I, I'd like to comment something here because you might someone like you might wonder why would someone like me be interested in Israel, and it's real simple for me. I teach the Bible. I don't teach just the New Testament. I also teach the Old Testament. I don't believe you can have a proper understanding of the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament, God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, His covenant with the Jews, uh, even the messianic covenant. So I look at these things. It's a. It, and I tell I tell my church all the time. This, uh, Dr. Newman, this entire book is not just the new. T- it's, a, it's a Jewish book, and, and to understand the people of Israel and why I have a heart for Israel. Here's one passage alone. It's from Jeremiah in English, Jeremiah uh, chapter 33, and God says this through the prophet Jeremiah, uh, verse 24. What would that be? A three ve arba i think is 24 it's very <laughs> i've been practicing for uh, 3 years <laughs> uh, have you not considered what the people have spoken that be the, basically the people of the world saying the two families which the lord has chosen he has he has cast them off in other words the northern tribes and the southern he he has cast that's what the world is saying And then he says, thus, they have despised my people as if they should no more be a nation before them. That is exactly what is happening in the world right now against the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, that they are not a people before them. They shouldn't be a nation. As I hear the calls for people to wipe Israel off the map from the sea, uh, from the river to the sea, it's appalling, but I know what God's word says. And by the way... Uh, that's, uh, this also is reconfirmed in the New Testament, and I show people that it, it's a God in the Old Testament and New Testament. He has not cast off the people of Israel. And then, of course, in that passage, he goes on and talks about his ordinances with the sun and the moon and the stars. He's not going to cast them off. I want to be on God's side in this. That's why. I'm not going to be part of the people that are against Israel, and uh, and so I I think that'll help some of my viewers to understand why why I'm here why I've been doing this for for decades now
1: literally um, thank you pastor so, uh, Pastor Tom Hughes it's, it's um, you're just incorrect. and correct uh, and we also um, we cherish the fact that you see the light and you see the correct interpretation of the Bible um, the people of Israel you know after 3,000 of exile 3,000 years of exile returned to the homeland. Uh, the, the Holy Land, the land of Israel, and renewed sovereignty in the Holy Land, and now speak Hebrew, which is the language yeah. of the Bible. And th- if this is not a miracle, if this is not providence, divine guidance, then what is? Yeah. So, uh, we see the prophecies coming true before our eyes.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do too. And it's, it's incredible to see this. I also, by the way, believe that Hebrew is going to be the heavenly language. I learn it so when I go to Israel, I can have good conversations. But also I'm thinking I'm going to be speaking Hebrew forever. That's my thinking. Um, on the Abraham Accords, um, where do you see them? Obviously, we have a new administration now in, in America. Um, where do you see them? We've had this big balagon uh, that's taken place with Hamas. Um, and there's been an attempt to, I don't know, to go go back to the old ways, the things that they, uh, way they used to be. Uh, but where do you see, see this?
1: Well, uh, in the context of the Abraham Accords, we normalized relations with five additional Arab states, among them UAE, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Sudan, Morocco. And we are so glad about that. And all it took was for those, those states to come forward and say they're prepared to recognize Israel and live in peace with Israel. And we immediately had peace. Uh, You know, Israel, since its reestablishment, extended its hand in friendship and peace to the entire global community, including the Arab and Muslim world. And it took them 70 to 70 plus years to come forward and accept our existence and understand that we are an ally and not an enemy. Now, we had a first test to this relationship with the violence that uh, that erupted. And I have no doubt that the Hamas part of their objective was to disrupt and reverse this process. For them, it was a bone in their throat that Israel is normalizing its relations with Arab states. Um, So they tried to disrupt it and reverse it. And I I have no doubt that they uh, hoped and dreamed that some of these countries will reverse and declare that they're cutting the ties with Israel. But they did not. And none of these countries um, went back on the normalization of relations. Uh, So we're very glad about that. These countries understand that Israel is their ally and that the Hamas and the Islamic Jihad organizations are their enemy, even though they come from their own Mm -hmm. belief of Islam. So uh, we have an alliance which is strong. It withstood uh, the trials that we had now. And we are hopeful that additional countries will will join the wagon of peace. It also depends on the policy, policy of the United States, the policy of Israel. We of course are promoting um, this Trend, and we're hoping that additional countries will join. Um, and we are hopeful that additional countries will join with time. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable to watch watch all of these things take place.
0: And obviously, you have Iran. Oh, that's a that's a big threat. And I'm I'm sure that part of the um, encouragement for these other Arab nations, Arab states, to link up with Israel is: look, we've got an enemy that wants to kill all of us, but Israel's there their biggest, is Iran's biggest enemy. And uh, so, I look at that. I have another question. You mentioned the Temple Mount. And what I watched, was you know, I, I tend to watch is Israel news and East news. And so, I see these riots on the Temple Mount. And in my mind, uh, how can the Temple Mount be holy to, to Islam, at least these people who are causing the riots on there? Why would you riot there? I look at it like this in in the Old Testament. Solomon has the two ladies. They each have a baby. One of the babies died during the night, and they both went before Solomon. And Solomon says, well, let's cut the one baby that's alive. Let's cut the baby in half. Give this half to the one lady, this half to the other lady. And the one lady rejoiced. That's a great idea. The real mom, she said, this is a horrible idea. Save the baby's life. I look at the Temple Mount and what happened with the riots kind of like that. If it's really holy to you, then why would you riot on it? Why would you desecrate your own holy place? And for me, I look at it and go, that is Solomon's baby right there. Uh, just if people would see that. Because I know when I go to the Temple Mount, I, I can't walk up on the Temple Mount and a Jew can't walk up on the Temple Mount with any kind of Bible or any kind of religion religious expression that shows their faith. So I, I have a hard time believing that when when I hear Erdogan from Turkey saying, hey, the Jews, uh, they can't, uh, they have to stay off the Temple Mount. I'm thinking it's, it's kind of like that already for the most part. Am
1: I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong. Uh, you know, the Temple Mount is the, the holiest place in Judaism. That's where the temples used to stand, the first temple and the second temple. And when Israel retook the territories, uh, which we call, which, which is part of that is also the uh, Temple Mount, Israel could have then demolished the Al-Aqsa Mosque and built uh, Jewish religious uh, symbols. We didn't. We didn't touch it. We respected the uh, freedom of worship of the Muslim people, and we even gave the observance of the site over to a Muslim body, which is called the waqf. And they preserve the sanctity and the uh, the entire uh, freedom of worship on the on the Temple Mount. Um, recently, what happened was that uh, the Hamas, together with uh, the incited people that they they managed to to instill with hatred and incitement, they hoarded rocks on the Temple Mount and waited for the right moment, and then pelted the rocks on is Muslim worshippers and then on Jewish worshippers in the uh, what's called the Western world, the Kotel. So they they desecrated the holiness and the sanctity of the Temple Mount, endangered their own worshippers and the Jewish worshippers and and brought us to a situation where we had to bring in um, police and and law enforcement authorities in order to calm down the situation and stop the pelting of the rocks. So one does ask oneself, how can they bring themselves to desecrate their own holy Mm -hmm. sites? And my answer is that their hatred towards others is even stronger than their love of their own religion yeah. and their own people. Um, that is the sad reality that we meet, you know, they launched rockets against Israel where co- approximately 20% of the rockets fell on their own citizens mm-hmm. because they fall short. They, they do cheap rockets and the rockets sometimes fall on their own citizens and they killed Palestinians by their own hands mm-hmm. and they don't care. In fact, they rejoice because they they're sure that everyone will accuse Israel and blame Israel. So that's the enemy that we'll deal, we are dealing with.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. i see, yeah, they, they end up the killing their own people with the rockets. They end up rejoicing over that because it gives them uh, propaganda in the Western media, and the Western media believes it. I only have two more questions. Uh, I know we're almost out of time. But this, last, this next question goes along with what you were just talking about. Uh, in the Western media, I see it all over, Israel is being accused of being an apartheid state. Uh, can you explain that, what that means, and explain it to our viewers? Sure.
1: You know, when you when you have a battle, you actually have two fronts. One front is the physical front, where you're attacked and you have to defend yourself. And the second front is what we call the um, legitimacy front, or the the public relations front, because our enemies have no problem uh, releasing complete falsifications and lies. They release false propaganda. Part of their uh, false propaganda is also that Israel is an apartheid state, and that's so far from the truth and absurd. Israel is the one and only democracy in the Middle East. Israel preserves the sanctity and freedom of worship of all groups, minorities, religions. Uh, it 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 is sanctity to Israel to preserve it. You know, before Israel took over these uh, territories, there was no freedom of worship. Today, there is freedom of worship for all religious groups. And in the old city of Jerusalem, you know, you have so many groups put together in a very small, dense area. And Israel preserves every single group. Now, my answer to the apartheid to anyone who thinks in that direction is it's so absurd. Israel preserves a full civil rights for all its um, citizens including the Arab citizens the Arab citizens vote for parliament in fact they're the Arab party is the third largest party in in the parliament of Israel not only that they serve as justices they serve in all functions and um, th- there's no discrimination in Israel we do have a problem with the Palestinians who reject our jurisdiction and therefore we signed agreements with the Palestinian authority what is called the Oslo agreements and they live as a separate entity and they have Palestinian passports, and therefore they don't have citizenship of Israel. But every person who has citizenship of Israel, Jew, Christian, or Muslim, has full civil rights, full equality in the state of Israel.
0: You know, one of the remarkable things, and thank you very much for that, one of the remarkable things I find about Jerusalem is every time I go there, it is my favorite city in the world, by the way, Uh, every time I go there, I see All kinds of people, Jews, Muslims, Christians, and pretty much every other religion you can think of seems to flock there. And I tell people all the time, I can walk around Israel with a Bible and it doesn't feel awkward. You walk around the city that I live in, pretty much any other city in the United States, and people are going to look at you kind of weird and these kind of things. And it really is a remarkable place. Um, It is the city of God. God calls it that himself. In in the Bible, yes. it's the city yes. of God. Zion is His. The people yeah. are. Let me just
1: add that there's only one country in the Middle East where the Christian population grow and yeah. flourish, and that is Israel. Yeah, And not- all the other countries and the Palestinian Authority, which is Bethlehem, Bethlehem, you know, so important to Christianity. Once, since the Palestinian Authority took over Bethlehem, unfortunately, the Christian community community is dwindling and uh, a bit desolate.
0: Yeah, and I think Nazareth is heading that direction too, if I remember correctly, it's a little bit of a challenge. But yeah, there's areas I can't go as a Christian. I got to be very careful uh, when I'm over there. Um, Not because of the Jews, uh, not because of Jerusalem, but going into the Palestinian areas. Okay, last question is how can my followers, people who are going to watch this, um, how can they support Israel? They they hear me tell them things, but uh, from
1: you, what do you say? Uh, Thank you. I would say there are two levels. One is the uh, religious, moral, theological level, and the other one is the practical side. On the theological level, I would say, first of all, be confident in your belief and your belief in Israel and the people of Israel and the prophecies of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament together. Uh, That interpretation of support of Israel and that Israel uh, is returning as part of the prophecy to the Holy Land. and and give us support you know, for us to also support the entire world. Uh, That is the correct belief, and you should uh, feel confident in that. You can pray for us. You can pray for the security of Jerusalem. You can also pray that our enemies lay down their arms, because if they lay down their arms, there will be peace. Uh, There's the famous statement that if Israel would lay down its arms, then Israel would no longer exist. Unfortunately, that's true, as we see from the Hamas. Uh, But if our enemies would lay down their arms, Then we would have peace on the practical level i would say please be a voice um your constituents of an area you can turn to your elected officials your elected leaders of your region you can enforce this opinion the support of israel for the good of the world Uh, you can also be a voice even on social media every human being today has a voice in social media and the more voices we have saying the truth the more the truth gets out
0: yeah. Thank you. That was, that was perfect. Um, and and uh, just this past week, there was a pro-Israel Facebook account that was shut down. Mike Evans, I'm, you're probably familiar with who he is. Uh, okay. 77 million followers were shut down, basically he asked for prayer for Israel. Um, folks, I want to encourage you to do everything that Dr. Newman just said. And it's, it's we have a voice on social media. We still have it. And you can see it with Mike Evans and his Facebook uh, already shutting that down. It'll probably will come back because of political pressure uh, from the United States. But uh, this window of opportunity is closing. And this is how we can get the truth out there: is by sharing videos like this, but also being your own voice in your own area and you doing these same things. Thank you very, everybody for watching. Thank you so much, Dr. Newman, for joining me. You're very busy uh, praying for you. I look forward to next, next time.
1: Thank you, Pastor Hughes, and I wish you and your listeners good health and prosperity.
0: Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.